Hey, y'all out there. This is Bo Billingsley, the voice of Jet Black and the Fourth Raikage. You're listening to The Night Nerd. Stay tuned because all kinds of good things will be happening. Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Thursday, so we're going to talk a little bit of history. All week, we're celebrating Nosferatu. I'm hosting a very special, very awesome watch-along of Nosferatu for free through Fan Expo Dallas. Um, just go on their website, go on our Facebook. You'll see it's free to sign up. And we're going to watch it and learn some things. And it's going to be really, really cool. I'm excited. Uh, well, Nosferatu is one of my favorite movies I know it's weird. It's a you know silent German film, but I, I love it. The vibes, the cinematography, everything is awesome. And today, I mean, we're kind of going to talk about Nosferatu. We're going to talk about its director, F. W. Murnau, because you know you buried the lead and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Got to save the good stuff. And speaking of the good stuff, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/TheNightNerd. Couple bucks a month. Get you all sorts of great shows about comics and video games and movies and TV and just really exclusive shows, uh, private Discord chats, just anything and everything. Uh, maybe even host the show with me. It's a lot of fun. But today we're talking about F.W. Marnell. So he was actually born Frederick Wilhelm Plump. So the F.W. is still there. It's Frederick Wilhelm. He was born December 28, 1888, and he's an international film director. I mean, he's probably one of the most iconic directors in history uh, that doesn't get the love he deserves. You know, you have like Nosferatu, which we'll get into in a minute about why it's a cult classic, and you also have like Sunrise, which is considered one of the greatest movies of all time. I mean, it won the very first Academy Award for Best Picture. So, you know, that should that should tell you something. But before all that, Frederick was born in the Kingdom of Prussia. And then uh, growing up, he had two brothers and two stepsisters because his mom was the second wife of his father. And he was really big into plays. He read... Shakespeare, he read Nietzsche, he read Ibsen, all these people. And his father, especially, wasn't too keen on his son becoming uh, an actor or being in theater. But they still indulged him to the point where they had this, this nice villa because his dad actually owned a cloth factory in Germany. So, uh, yeah, whole factory. And they would produce these plays that either he wrote or that he read and wanted to make and everybody always entertained him you know they encouraged his growth in the arts and i i am thankful for that because you know we have all these films i say we have all these films we really only have 12 of the 21 films he ever made because the other ones are just lost the time um if you want to learn more about that you know join us on sunday but he, he would go on and change his name to Murnau, which was a town 
that he lived in for a little while, and they think that's kind of where he discovered himself and just his love for film blossomed and everything. Uh, what's interesting, though, is as important and iconic as FW was, there's so much we don't know about it. They don't even know like how tall he was. A lot of people put him at like about seven feet tall, but then other sources put him in like six three. So, pretty big gap there. Uh, either way, though, he was he was really tall. He studied uh, philology at university. Right, philology. I'm reading my notes here. Uh, <laughs> but then he would go on to do art history and literature. So, philology is the study of language in written historical sources, in case you didn't know. But he would study all this stuff, and he kind of teamed up with Max Reinhardt, who was a big play, like, right before cinema started. He was on that cusp. He did theater. And Max would take F.W. under his wings and, and teach him stuff. And he would go through all these things. And then... As so many people of the era, World War One happened, and F.W. was he, he served in the German army um, as a company commander, and then he was in the Flying Corps. Uh, he flew over North France. He crashed eight times without in injuries, which is sadly ironic, as we'll see later on in his life. At one point, he landed in Switzerland. He was arrested. He was a POW for the rest of the war. But even when he was a POW, he did. He was in a prisoner theater group. And he wrote a film and everything. So it's kind of crazy. But after the war, he returned to Germany. And he made his own film studio with Conrad Veidt. Who, if you're a longtime listener, Conrad Veidt played a character named Gwynplaine. In a movie called The Man Who Laughs. And his character is 100% the direct inspiration of the Joker. So, F.W. and the Joker are old friends. Um, he would also do a movie called Der Janus Kumpf. Which was kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. And it was also the film debut of Bela Lugosi. So that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, right after that is when he would do Nosferatu. And Nosferatu is... I I call it the unofficial adaptation of Dracula. Because it is very much Dracula. But they changed a few things. But not enough that Florence Stoker, who was Bram Stoker's widow, she like sued and won a copyright lawsuit. So all of this work that F.W. had done in Nosferatu had to be destroyed. She called for everything to be destroyed. But it wasn't. A print had managed to escape out into the world, out into the wild, and it was copied. And people saw it, and they loved it. And that's why Nosferatu a lot of times is considered like the first cult film. Because it, you look at other cult films, what we consider cult films now, you know, like Rocky Horror Picture Show or whatever, and... Nosferatu did that, you know, underground screenings and everything, and I know, it's kind of cool. Then he would go on to do a couple more movies in, in Germany, and his style, you know, mixing up camera techniques and not sticking to one thing, really got him noticed. 
to the point where he would move to Hollywood in 1926. And he joined Fox, which at the time, I mean, still is one of the biggest studios out there. And this is when he made Sunrise, A Song of Two Humans, in 1927. Sunrise is a beautiful, beautiful movie. It's, oh my gosh. Um, it was one of the first ones to use music and sound effects on the sound on film process. It, like I said, won for Academy Award for Unique and Artistic Production. It won for Best Picture with Wings, which is another one. Uh, and really, Murnau was kind of set after this. He, he got a farm up in Oregon and would continue to make a, a few films. He would do like Four Devils, which is Lost, City Girl. Um, but this is when we're moving from silent films to talkies. And his films didn't do well as talkies. And he got discouraged and kind of left. You know, he had to rediscover himself, as it were. And around this time, so we're in like the 30s now, he went to Bora Bora to make a documentary film called Taboo, T-A-B-U. The co-director, I guess you would say, a guy named Robert Flaherty, left because of creative differences, and Renault finished it by himself. And... Funny enough, you know, this guy who's made all these horror films and made all these iconic films still didn't have... This movie was censored because it had uh, bare-breasted Polynesian women, so he had to redo all that. But he made it, it was released, and it was pretty solid. Except he never got to see that. Because a week, just days before the film opened... He was in a wreck. Um, he was being driven around by a 14-year-old servant. And this this kid crashed the car into a telephone pole, electric pole. Murnau had a head injury and died the next day. So didn't get to see the premiere of his last film. Which is it's pretty sad. Um, he was actually buried close to Berlin. You know, uh, kind of back home. And he had a really small funeral, which is kind of strange in Hollywood, even in today's times. You know, only 11 people were there. But among them was Flaherty. Uh, Greta Garbo was there. Fritz Lang, who directed Metropolis, which is another one of my favorite films, actually delivered the eulogy. Greta Garbo had a death mask of Murnau made that she kept with her for the rest of her life. So uh, it's kind of crazy. Not that long ago, though, in 2015, somebody broke into the grave, stole his skull, and had like a, some kind of weird ceremony because there were candles burnt and and everything. So, you know, here here we are. 2015 is was that like 70 ish, 80 ish years after he died. People are still seeking him out because he was such a great film director, made so many wonderful movies. Uh, even if you look at American Horror Story, the season five hotel, he's kind of a character in that. They talk about him, you know, going to the Carpathian Mountains while he's working on Nosferatu. He becomes a vampire. He turns other people of the area into vampires, and they turn other people into vampires. And 
so on and so on. So he's a timeless character who's not a character. He's a real person. And I don't know. I think that's really cool. There are some other cool things about him that we'll get into in our Fan Expo show, which might find its way either on the Patreon or here. And I hadn't decided yet. But it'll be a lot of fun. Like I said, if you can join us on uh, this Sunday, what does that be, like the 25th, it's free. Check it out. But if you can't, totally understand. But make sure you do follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. Just look for The Night Nerd. Follow me on Twitch, Night Nerd Podcast. Or if you just want to talk, if you have questions, concerns, anything like that, email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. I respond to all my emails. I love talking to everybody, and it's a lot of fun. But otherwise, that's going to do it for us today. Again, my name is Lance. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will see you next time.